Previously, on the Bloodstream, Jason met the Ferryman, an otherworldly creature that guards the waterways between this world and the next. The Ferryman took our host, and together they embarked on a journey down the Black River. He was warned not to look into the waters, for gazing too deeply can take a toll on the mind of the person doing so, as it reflects back the darkest part of that person's soul, based on what the Watcher sees. Also, I took a bit of a three-year hiatus, recorded this with the intention of releasing it as episode 40, and have since released a different episode 40. Time has no meaning on the bloodstream. So, we've been kind of floating down this river for a while now. It's been almost a year? Any idea how long this is gonna take? Oh, great. That's nicely vague. Uh, well, might as well see what's on the river channel. Welcome back, streamers! Welcome back, me! I'm really sorry, gang! I just... kind of fell off the wagon there. Uh, my motivation was gone, I wasn't feeling too good, I was a little depressed here and there, and just as I was ready to get back on top of things, my voice gave out on me and my throat was killing me. But, I am back, I'm sitting here recording, and if you're just joining us, this is the Bloodstream, and I am your very lazy host, Jason Gray. This is the show where I like to go diving into the murky depths of all the streaming services out there, pull something up, and see what I think of it. Some time ago, I took a little look at a movie called Illuminatus. It looked really cheesy, and just the right sort of thing for this show. And being two hours long, I thought, hey, it would be a bit of an epic thing to do that for the 41st episode. And so, of course, I immediately pissed off and did nothing for a month. Alright. I'm gonna stop bragging on myself, because that is not gonna help my self-esteem. So I am just gonna get right into this and go to the trailer. NKW has just learned that Clarissa Adams, a personal assistant to prominent lawyer James Redding, has been found dead at the James... The pig, it has escaped. 111? No, 2274, seal the sacrifice. What happens when the pig escapes? If the pig ever escapes, it could mean death to the movement. Courtyard, I've checked cages and I've checked prepper. We don't know what else. 
Our mission is to create a path of righteousness for the evil-hearted. And if they can't be redeemed? Then, and only then, will they be condemned. In the rituals of the Illuminati, I hereby condemn your soul. Brad, you're done. You're done. You, Joseph Shelton, are done. Your evil heart, Jim Reddy has brought you to this place. You're done. Faith! Shoulder crossbow! Wow, that is a really long trailer. And it didn't really tell you much of anything, did it? At least nothing that makes sense, throws a lot of information at you, doesn't have the best audio, and it's a bit of a mess. Now is as good a time as any to get to the synopsis, straight off of Amazon. A complicated thriller, which takes the viewers through layers of reality, into the inner worlds of a ruthless lawyer and his wife Sela, who he has wronged. She is on a mission to rid the world of evil-hearted men in order to gain back favor with the Maker and earn her spot in heaven once her earthly mission is complete. Well, that didn't clear up shit, did it? So, I guess we just have to get straight into this mess and see how much I'm going to regret doing a two-hour-long movie for the stream. And quite frankly, it's already amazing from the word jump. It opens up with some ladies in some really cheap-ass costumes, shackling a nearly naked man save for a pig mask to a tree, or a post. They stick an apple in his mouth, shoot him with a crossbow, and it explodes into the opening credits. I still have no earthly idea what's going on, but you got my attention. The credits come on, and they're showing all the names of the actors, the names of their characters, pictures of who they're playing. And streamers, it is all just kinda washing over me. From the trailer and synopsis, you already know that there's a lot going on with this movie, there's a lot of people in this movie, and I am just in a daze with how much they're throwing at me already. And on top of that, the theme music is someone chanting the deadly sins over and over again with a few other lyrics, and it's amazing. Also, with the low production value, the cheap costumes, I feel like this movie could descend into softcore porn at any second. In fact, that is only bolstered by our first clip. Mankind has and always will be fascinated by the perverse. He's drawn in by the obscene, the transverse, the estranged. The natural instinct of all men is to live out their thirst for lustful endeavors turning their erotic desires into reality. Thus, he begins to shun his values, his morals, and his responsibilities. It doesn't matter who he is or what he represents. Impulse will soon take over. He'll act first and think later, if he thinks at all. 
that is, unless he can control it, as we are all given free will. In our world, there are rules and boundaries that are not to be shared with all. This world has many layers, many elements that make up its very existence. We must immerse ourselves in the foundation of true righteousness, completely free of committing the seven deadly sins. We must keep our beliefs pure and untouched. We must punish men who commit these sins and extinguish their wicked ways, their lustful acts, their sinful minds, their unrighteous ways, and their devious souls. So, wait a second. Let me try to follow this logic. And I shouldn't be having to do this five minutes into the movie. You see people committing the seven deadly sins as evil. Okay, good. I'm with you so far. But this whole extinguishing them bit, that, um, that goes against the Ten Commandments, yes? Mixed messages here, people. And eight minutes in, and the movie's at a strip club. Bring on the porn. While we're at the strip club, we're introduced to a pair of cops who are going on talking about distributing some vigilante justice. And we cut to a flashback, flash forward. The timeline of this movie is all over the place, so I'm not even going to try to figure out what happens when. As we watch these cops doing basically exactly that. And so far, this movie is at least giving me great joy because it's doing my favorite thing of really cheap fully work added in after the fact. We cut back sometime later to the women having captured the cops. After some stuff, I can't even begin to explain it so WTF. And we learn that the guy they distributed their brand of vigilante justice upon was the lead woman's brother. A bit later on, we watch a female lawyer talking to one of her male counterparts, who is the lead bad guy of this movie. He's a bit of a scumbag, he knows the two cops, and yeah, there's a lot of interconnections going on here with a lot of people, and it's a web of a mess. From there, the woman heads home, takes a bath, and we get another woman cheaply superimposed into her bathwater floating there like she's the lady of the lake or something. Well, I didn't vote for you. We then get to see her seducing the official she was talking with earlier, and then he's somehow a victim of this group of women, and the movie kinda starts to get into a routine at this point. We see a woman, she gets wronged by a man, he has a connection to this giant plot they're weaving, they're floating heads of some of the other women around somewhere eventually, she gets her revenge, and the group of women start chanting about the deadly sins. It does all tend to come back to the one main scumbag, so there is some kind of focus behind all this. And they check off all the various sins of this gym fella. For a few of the sins, they're kinda stretching and mangling their definitions, but it's the plot, right? Also, do we really have to see, in excruciating detail, why, how, and in what manner he commits every single one of the seven deadly sins? I literally just summed up over half the movie, folks. Those two paragraphs I just spoke trimmed our way through nearly an hour of this movie. I am not joking. Some highlights, however, from the hour I just blew through. Because there are a few. Jim's housekeeper comes close to doing the whole movie a favor by almost putting arsenic in his sandwich 
and cutting the entire plot off at the pass. When his wife heads out to run some errands, Jim immediately turns and basically rates the housekeeper, so she's probably regretting her plan now. Jim Redding gets the cops acquitted on their vigilante justice, comes out of the courthouse after this headline-making case to a whole throng of reporters. Well, actually, like, four. This is where the budgetary problems of the movie start to really be shown because they couldn't have him come out of the courthouse through this huge crowd, so that's the best you got. We see another guy that is someone Jim has screwed over in some of his business dealings and now owes the guy money. Redding is all set to take the guy's daughter as payment and sell her into Lord knows what. And we see a picture of the daughter in the guy's wallet and the photograph is horribly photoshopped into a still picture of a wallet. How does your budget and time and ability to film make reach such spectacular depths that you can't take a photograph, but no, instead, you have to photoshop and you can't even line it up right. <laughs> this moment nearly broke me. This is not even trying. How do you care so little about your craft? There's also this swirly vortex type image they keep photoshopping into various scenes as women are talking and it's kind of this other place they're in. And at one point they put it on a TV screen, but since the camera is handheld and shaky, the image floats around the room because they basically just pinned it in the center of the image. Okay, enough bitching about the making of the movie. Where are we in the plot? Oh right, I'm still going through the highlights of the hour we breathe through. Jim gets his receptionist pregnant because he's not having enough sex already. He basically forces her to have an abortion, which he'll pay for by taking a little bit from her paycheck each week. That's not you paying for it, pal. It just goes on and on and on with this stuff and we get it. They somehow manage to make every awful act by this admitted monster of a human being into such utter banality of evil. It just keeps droning on with every single sin he's ever committed. Finally, after an entire hour of ticking off their little checklist, they kidnap Jim and stick him in the pig mask. Oh, and in case it didn't sink in that they've been checking off every single deadly sin on the list, they run down the entire list again, as if they are making a bookend on the last hour of the movie. And oh, oh gods, I, I need a clip. I need a break. Selfishness. The evil-hearted man must learn to give. 
forgive, must learn to go beyond himself and let all of his selfish emotions go in order to redeem himself and be forgiven. He is a pig, and he must learn to reject avarice, a sin of excess. That is the ultimate definition of the pig, avarice. Avarice! Thinking only of himself, his complete selfishness. Selfishness. He must cleanse his soul of avarice. He must be cleansed by heat and fire. The pig must become the one that nourishes other souls. To do this, he must be transformed. Transformed. Become our sustenance. Sustenance. Feed our souls. Feed our souls. And without repentance, his only purpose will be to feed and nourish our bodies. Feed our bodies. And sadly, this is also the final clip I'm dropping in the episode because everything else is a mess. Well, at least she's got the big book of sin in her hand and she can read her lines directly from that. And did this just dive into cannibalism? But we've survived this long into the second hour of the movie, and this half goes in the direction of being made up almost entirely of the women chatting over lunch, which goes nowhere, intercut with the women torturing the pigs. At one point, we see a broken Jim in his cage, and they superimpose the seven deadly sins onto his naked body, like they're the various cuts of beef. Mmm, can I have a big plate of envy, please? And so, yes, yes, this has descended into cannibalism. They take one of the cops off to have him dealt with and give one of the women that he wronged a sword, and she uses that to brutally bash him into tiny little pieces. And that is hilariously awful because it's all done off-screen with her even then, badly swinging the sword. Also, after that first hour of going through every excruciating detail of how terrible Jim is with all his deadly sins, one of the women has the balls to declare, Do not judge all men by the acts of a few. There are good men. Which, yeah, obviously. But geez, after spending an hour with what you did, it's really hard to backtrack and try to sell that line. It's almost audacious level of mixed messages. But you know what this movie needs more of at this point after that? Even more scenes of men being horrible. As we get a flashback with one of the cops asking about that whole abortion deal. And 90 minutes in, we get a random rock band in the middle of this cavernous warehouse they're in, playing some music as they're eating the guys. Because, yeah, a random musical number is what this movie needs at this point. Like, it's not long enough already. The ladies start having their feast of Brad, and they sit there and point out every single body part on the table, what it represents, what it is, why is this still going on, and why is this movie not over yet? Meanwhile, Redding manages to escape to drag out the plot just a little bit more, and because if you're going to have a naked man in a pig mask, you might as well have him running around for a bit. We're not really shown or told how he escapes, but, well, he just is. Boy, if only this was the sort of movie that would take the time to give you every single last detail of something. During his escape, he kills his receptionist. D did I mention she was a part of this group? Look, okay, yeah, I probably missed a few details when I glossed over the first hour of this movie. But this group of women is made up exclusively of everyone he has wronged, so it's... Essentially the Jim Redding revenge squad. So yeah, everyone he encounters in this is someone he's pissed off. He trips and falls in the woods, and his wife is the first person to find him. She climbs atop him, screws him right then and there in the middle of the woods, then lets the women take him back to the farm to do what they're going to do with him. So they get him back to the warehouse, talk at him some more, and dear sweet Phoenix, just end, end this movie already. End! End! <laughs> 
they finally push Jim into an incinerator after he's all nice and wrapped in tinfoil, covered in pineapple slices, because if you get it, he's a pig. You might not have gotten that through all the subtlety in the last hour and 45 minutes of the movie. Oh, and also they start chanting out all the sins he committed, because we haven't figured that out yet either. But then they cut to a scene of the three evil pigs being arrested, and I don't even know anymore. Did... Did we just create some branching reality here? Is that what really happened? Did... Were these guys taken on some wild trip, shown their worst qualities, and then the cops come along and... Capture them once they've recanted or something? I don't know! It finally ends with one of the women addressing me, the viewer... And asking, Does your soul need to be redeemed? Before her mouth explodes into fire and they threaten us with a sequel. N no. 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 I, am, I have had enough of the Illuminatus. And that was the long and excruciating movie. You're welcome for cutting through all the crap to get to the meat of this movie so to speak. This. This is one of the worst movies I've encountered. Not so much on quality in filmmaking, because there's a nugget of a story idea in there. The acting isn't terrible at times, I've seen worse. It's about, you know, softcore porn level of acting. The production values are low, but, but it's surprisingly directed well enough. If someone had come along and said, okay, Look, we get the idea, this guy has committed some sins, we can maybe do some sort of montage to wrap this all up in about 10-15 minutes? That would have been something. We did not need an entire hour going through every single sin in painful detail to get across the point of how this guy is a monster. You kinda sold that after two sins. Once he rapes his housekeeper, I'm on board with whatever you want to do to this monster. Anything else after that point is just gravy, and... Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm doing unintentional food puns here, and they're wildly appropriate and hilarious, and I love that they're just happening. If you go to watch this, try to rent the DVD, because you can kind of tweak the speed and get through most of it quicker. Streaming the entire two hours is a painful slog, with a few brief highlights. This is yet another example of interesting idea, painfully done, and quite frankly, the movie just did not know when to shut up. The biggest lesson this movie could have taken away was the old storytelling adage of show don't tell because this movie tells a lot for a whole lot of the movie and it does it repeatedly just to drive home the point. If it had dialed it back some, done some montaging and like I said showed us instead of telling us we could have been over and done with a whole lot faster. And that wraps up the long awaited episode 40 one of the bloodstream. If for some reason you have actually enjoyed listening to me yell at a movie for about 30 minutes, please be sure to subscribe at your favorite podcast directory. We are on Apple Music, Google Podcasts, I think it's called these days, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, and I am adding more and more as time goes on and I figure out what hoops I have to jump through. Just search for the bloodstream and remember, we're the one that's not a medical podcast. And while you're there, it would be a great help if you left a rating and or review. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or would like to leave me a recommendation for a movie to watch, please make it a good one. I have earned a treat at this point, I think. You can do that at our Facebook group, or we're on Tumblr at thebloodstream.tumblr.com. 
You can also email me directly at phoenix, that's F-O-E-N-I-X at gmail.com. Remember, phoenix with an F. So once again, thanks for listening, and I'd like to leave you with these words of wisdom. For fuck's sake, treat women with respect, because I do not need to see another movie like this being made thanks to men being horrible monsters. Otherwise, men run the risk of treating women like monsters. And who knows, someday a group of women will come together, decide to be the monsters we treat them as, and they'll let men be the ones who are afraid to fucking jog at night. Take care, and keep streaming, and I'll see you sooner than you think. You will suffer Just like I How does it feel? Are you scared with regret? There's no turning back You've chosen this path You shouldn't be a You're the only one to blame I see you fading Slowly in your hell of regret I see you dying Slowly Don't worry. <laughs> It'll only hurt. A lot. <laughs>